Hi everybody, welcome to the channel, Just Thinking Out Loud, my name is Desiree. Today with me I have a very special guest, his name is Austin Fletcher, he is a YouTuber who does a lot of interviews, maybe you have heard of him, he's been on a couple of other people's channels to speak about what he does. I think he's a very interesting person and today we're going to have a chat with him. Hi Austin. Hello Desiree, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, the first thing that I really wanted to talk to you about was just your general background. I've been looking over lots of your videos. I get a sense of your politics, but you don't really speak really about yourself. Someone would have to watch you interviewing and see your responses to see, to find out what kind of person you are. And could you just talk about how you got into doing what you do and what, why you do it? Cool. Definitely. Um, so my background, I'm from New York originally. I'm 28 years old. I grew up on Long Island. I went to school at Dartmouth College in New Hampshire. And then I, um, I lived in New York for two years, uh, from 2012 to 2014. And I had like a finance Wall Street job, which is like oh. kind of fancy. I had to like wear a suit every day and I had no beard. And I had like a oh. normal haircut and I had to shave every day. I had to wake up at like five in the morning for like two years. It was rough. Um, it was cool though. I liked it. It was a cool experience. Um, but then after two years, I fulfilled my program. And they, they were, um, at that point, we were doing the transition meetings into promotions. And instead of going through the promotion process and taking the associate job, which is the next level job, and taking a raise, I said, I'm actually going to move to California and pursue entertainment and comedy and writing and producing. And I didn't really know what that meant at the time. I just knew I wanted something different. So I packed up my car from high school that my parents gave me. And I drove to California. Um, I live out here now. I've been here for like four years. And uh, I was doing comedy. I was doing, I was trying to do stand up. I was trying to write scripts. I was trying to like figure out the whole entertainment aspect and like, you know, break into LA. And it was pretty tough. And then the election came around and the country kind of just went like this. And yeah. with that division, I mean, came an opportunity as well because I realized being in LA, especially that the right and even the middle is so unserved in entertainment when it comes to even Netflix, Hulu, HBO, everything on TV, you know, movies in general, everything is geared towards the left and kind of has like a leftist spin on it. And I was realizing a lot of the people on the right are underserved and aren't having their voice represented in entertainment. So I started doing my channel where I go to protests and I interview protesters with a mic taped to a wooden spoon. And the reactions I've been getting are pretty funny and people seem to like him. It's just a lot of crazy people out there with a lot of opinions. And I try to interview everybody and I interview Trump supporters as well. But the, the footage I've been getting is really, has been entertaining. It's been really good, I guess, uh, content for the right. So I've been happy to kind of play my role in that regard and provide something to the right, which I thought was really unserved, uh, you know, for the last few years. Okay. I think that it's quite interesting to me to hear someone do what you're doing that is having a, a YouTube channel in terms of taking it from the place of serving the right because I've never really heard that most of the times it's more about as what well, that's what I'm doing is getting my own voice to be heard but you you're like I'm going to provide value I'm going to provide a service to these people who are really underserved I completely agree that everything has this leftist bent to it and uh, I think I've said this before and many people say it, that I think what um, the middle and the right need to do is to become very cool in order to win over <laughs> all of the rest of America. And I think reaching out through entertainment is a great way to do that. Um, so I was watching some of your videos and uh, one of the first questions that popped into my head was, 
how does it feel? Um, I know this is a this is a part of why you do what you do because I, I went and read some of your descriptions and stuff like that. And um, how do you feel about the the ignorance that people show when you're like showing them facts and they're I was just watching your video about well this wasn't on, on the street interviews but um, people reading facts about immigration some of which I didn't even know all the the numbers you were giving and uh, how does it feel when you're out there speaking to people who are screaming and basically really marching feeling so enthusiastic about something but when you really grill them they don't really know what they're talking about yeah I think it's um I think it's a necessary thing because I think a lot of these people um at these protests especially are the loudest and their voice gets credibility just because it's loud. So the news will cover it and say, oh, you know, thousands of people come out to town hall to protest X, Y, or Z. And if you actually, you know, from afar, that seems like, wow, that's insane. People are upset. They must be justified because they're so upset. But if you actually come closer and take them out of the group and kind of, you know, single them out and say, okay, what are you protesting? What are you mad about? You know, what can we do to fix it? Those are, the, I think, the real questions that need to be asked. Otherwise, we'll just blindly give these people credibility. And that's kind of what's been happening over the last few years. The left has been able to like take control of so many aspects of our society and culture just because the right, I don't want to say has been lazy, but there's almost like a libertarianness to it, too, where people are kind of like, yeah, just go do whatever. Don't bother me. But now soon, you know, the, the further we go with that, the sooner the walls start closing in and people are going to start being bothered. So I just thought, you know, what can we do to wake the people up? Um, so I took it to the streets, interviewed these people. And my goal was to have left people, left-leaning people or who, people who thought they were in the middle say, hey, wait a second, like, I'm a liberal and that's not a liberal. I'm not, that's not what I am. You know, I don't want to identify as the same thing because once they disavow these people, then they're coming closer to realizing the same thing the right should realize, which is, you know, we're pretty much closer to the middle than the media will have us, you know, have us think. So it's like if I can show someone a video with crazy leftist protesters and they say, Ugh, those people are pretty bad, like that's not who I am. And it's like, cool. And then when they show us alt-right crazy people with, you know, tiki torches, I'll say, cool, that's not who I am either. We're in the middle. Let's be rational. Let's have a conversation. Let's support the president. Let's support the country. Let's support the military that kind of thing. So there, there's a point where I want to win the people in the middle and slightly to the left over and have them realize these things. The people I'm interviewing are like too far gone. So they're just kind of the butt of the joke and I don't see them recovering from that. I'm wondering if you really planned this since your background is in comedy, but why the wooden spoon? So the wooden spoon, um, well, I have like this kind of vibe going already where I kind of look like a liberal. I'm like, you know, I'm out of shape. I have like a stupid fat face and this beard and these like crappy clothes. So when I go approach people in the streets, they're not like thinking I'm like a Fox News spy or something. They're, you know, they're not like wondering like, oh, who's this guy in the suit and the MAGA hat? I go the opposite. So the wooden spoon kind of just makes me look like an idiot and makes me look my whole project, my whole crew look stupid. And then they kind of open up to me more. And the reason I use the spoon is because um, I have an Italian mom and an Italian grandma. Is and that, growing up, uh, growing up, if I misbehave, my mom makes me say threatened. My mom would threaten me with the spoon. She would threaten me. So if I ever misbehaved, she would hold it and really threaten me with it. 
Oh, okay. So it's a discipline. It's like the discipline that I think a lot of these uh, protesters lack um, uh, in that structure growing up. It's like if you had like a discipline, a disciplinarian, or if you had really got, you know, a stricter upbringing, you wouldn't really be in the streets having like a big temper tantrum, I think. So that's why the spoon. That That's really fascinating to me to hear the whole reasoning behind that. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to talk about politics more, but since we're on this comedic thing, is there somewhere where people can go and see any of the, I guess, work you've produced other than the stuff on YouTube? Um, there is. There is. If you go deeper on my Instagram, um, you'll find some of my stuff. And then there's some YouTube channels. It just depends what people are into. Like my last project, um, before all this stuff started, I did John Benet Ramsey, the musical. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. So John like Bede Ramsey was like the pageant girl um, who got murdered and no one knew who did it. So it was a very dark comedy. It was a dark comedy. But it was funny. It was funny. But it, like, I don't know if people are going to be into it. But once this stuff started, this was kind of like I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do exactly. I was doing a lot of writing. I was making some stuff that, you know, wasn't translating as well as it should to the screen. And I was really trying to find, you know, my avenue to express myself. And then once these videos came around and like, I did a couple of them and I did the editing and like I knew what to get and how to, you know, where to position myself and the questions to ask. Once that stuff started happening, I kind of just put all my eggs in this basket and went full speed ahead. So now that I've, you know, created more of an audience, I'm going to start going back to some more of the produced stuff and some more of the comedy stuff. Um, and going forward, we have some things coming out that we're excited about. Okay. I might ask you about those things later. I do want to say that um, I definitely feel your personality. Um, when I watch your videos and view your channel, and it, it's, I, I like the vibe that I get. So, um, what do I want to ask? You see, like a lot of like little secret jokes I put in there, and like yes. the editing is like in a fun way where it's really meant for the, the 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 comedy aspect of my stuff is really meant for the center to right leaning person who follows politics to enjoy. Because there's a okay. lot of things people will say that are like you know cliche things or like super outdated facts. And I'll include them for the people that know, you know, the truth or at least follow it in a day-to-day -day basis. So that's like the ideal target audience. It also tones down on, because uh, I get sort of annoyed. Um, and I mean, I'm sure, I am sure people could find uh, people on the right who maybe don't know their facts well also. But I do get kind of annoyed um, when people are saying things and I'm just like, that's not true. Or you didn't even know that. Why are you even saying anything? Um, and when you put comedy in it, it really tones, it quells that sort of like, I'm so upset at this situation. And I think that's, that's great. Um, how would you say that you formed your political opinions? And then I kind of want you to get into them a bit, even though you can kind of get what you think from watching your channel. Cool. Um, so over the past few years, I've definitely had like an awakening in college. I graduated in 2012 and all throughout college, if you ask me, I would say, yeah, Obama's a great president. He's doing a great job. You know, he's really great and he can tell he cares for the people. Like that's about as deep as my political knowledge went at the time because I just wasn't participating in it. So I would see headlines. I would see the news. I'd watch CNN. I'd watch Fox, but just casually. And I kind of think I knew what was going on. And then once I got to L.A. and the debates and the elections started, you know, heating up, I really realized that the Democrats, in my opinion, 
capitalize on people like that who think they know what they're what's going on who think they're moral people but who don't fully participate and like know on a deeper level and understand the background of the government and politics and how the whole system works so once i realized that i guess i was out here because i'm from new york so i've been following hillary clinton for a while and even though i wasn't the most politically involved growing up i knew um, hillary clinton was really bad so once I started, saw the news start uh, portraying her in a positive way, I was like, what's going on here? Wait, <laughs> like, what about that? all the bad stuff? How did you know she was bad? I paid a lot of attention to like the scandals and stuff growing up. I watched, um, I always knew pay for play was a thing with her. I knew, I saw how wealthy she got over the years in office. I mean, she made like, you know, hundreds, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars basically as a public servant. And it's like, you know, I can keep, I, I kept track of that stuff. And I was like following her and I knew she was the problem with the government. Like people like her establishment politician gets wealthy in office, you know, takes advantage of power and helps her, the people closest to her. Like those things on a low, on an easier scale to understand were just like, eh, I don't like her. So when I saw her get the positive um, press and then Trump was getting obviously the worst press, I was kind of like, you know, let's give this guy a chance. Or what's this guy really saying? Because I knew that Trump didn't have to run. He was a billionaire. He was well-liked in New York. He didn't have to put himself through this. And when I saw what he was doing and how he was putting himself through it and taking this abuse from the media every day, his family too, all these things coming up from his past, just, you know, completely spun in a horrible way. I, it really woke me up and I did some research and I just really started paying attention and trying to learn as much as I could, as fast as I could. And I really, I guess you'd call getting red-pilled. I got red-pilled real, uh, real fast, within like six months, I think. Just every day, just watching videos and reading articles and taking notes like I was in, like, as if I was in college or something. And then by the end of it, once the election came around, it was just like everything kind of fell into place. I kind of want to give you my story. Um... So I'm not even from the U.S. It's really funny. Um, and even in Jamaica, I wasn't very politically involved because I, I think um, politics, they call it politics in Jamaica. It, that, that's what it is. It, I, I just feel like it, it's really just too emotional and people are vote more along tribalism and whatever their family historically did. Um, but moving on from talking about Jamaica, when I was in the U.S., I didn't really care much for politics at all. I was actually surrounded, and even now I would say, since I've been in the U.S., it's mostly liberals that I'm around. Um, the college that I went to was, and I didn't even know to call them that at, at that point in time. The college that I went to was super progressive, super liberal, and um, I just thought, oh, everybody's nice. You can kind of just like be open and be who you want to be and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't really, I think I was kind of like you, didn't really understand, but I never really had the desire to. Um, I was there to, to do sc for school. <laughs> you know, I wasn't here to like get involved in, in American politics or anything. Um, and then uh, I would say my awakening came through a more of a racial lens, which is very obvious on my channel. And just like having people like think things about me and then realizing that in a way, um, they use these identities, they meaning mostly the left, even though I think it's American in general, but I think the left plays it hard when it comes to politics. Um, they use your identity as a way to garner votes and to make people feel bad. It, I just feel like you're just a pawn in somebody's game. And I really didn't like that. And then you were also talking about the way the media was portraying um, Trump and um, versus Hillary. And there's definitely 
just propaganda in terms of who is being cast in a very positive light versus who's being cast in a negative light. And that was very obvious to me because then I would go and sort of like look up on all these scandals. Like the people are always talking about like the stuff with the, the apartments and um, calling for some group being um, some guys being jailed and they call him racist and all of this stuff. And I would go and look at the stories and I just like, I feel like people were telling me to feel this level of anger that I didn't personally get from like seeing what they were what they were observing and what they were describing um and then it's also very obvious to me um i have a video called fake news and why it's destroying your brain the sort of i guess tactics they're using in terms of persuasion to try and get you to see something a certain way and when i think about fake news i don't really just think about literal misinformation even though that's out there but the way it is spun so you can have the same information but just the way they say it is like clearly meant for you to to see a person usually see the person's character in a negative way or in a very positive way and that that's just when someone is doing that to me i'm just like i don't trust you <laughs> you know so mm -hmm. um that for me was a very big big thing yeah. yeah definitely and exactly and a lot of the things once the media compromises the character of whoever whether it's a politician a celebrity whatever once they compromise their character then going forward anything that person does or tries to do is looked at in a different way and like the damage is done like it's like i think ben shapiro said it um once you attack someone's motive instead of the what the result of what they want once you attack their motive then it's like you know you throw the whole argument out the window and that's what I'm seeing out here a lot with people in L.A. especially. I always say, you know, pretend it's not President Donald Trump, the guy you hate so much. Pretend it's just President 45. Look at these things on paper. Look what he's doing. Do you think that's better or worse than where we were a year ago, two years ago, five years ago? So I'll say like ISIS, for example. Like everyone agrees we hate ISIS, right? Cool. Would you agree that it's good that ISIS is pretty much defeated in the last year? And people should be saying yes, but just because it's Trump, they don't want to give them the credibility to the point where they're like standing in a way on like the side of ISIS by not like acknowledging the defeat or not acknowledging that it was a problem or not, you know, all those things put together. So the media has done such a, I don't say a good job, but their goal was to discredit this guy. And it's been really hard to wake, the, wake some people up just because they're so convinced he's a racist, sexist, transphobic, you know, jerk who wants to kick all Mexican people out. And it's like, yeah. now we can't get anything done. He's actually having a great year and like, we can't even talk about it because people are like, oh, like, what did you say the racist did? Oh, the racist did something good? The sexist, though, <laughs> exactly the sexist got the economy? The sexist got the economy going wrong. pretty good? Oh. And it's like, <laughs> we can't, we can't so get anything funny. past that because yeah. <laughs> you're deciding that if I stand up for the guy or like defend the guy, then I'm just as bad as him and I'm complicit in his worst actions that were already exaggerated. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a side note, but I just found out that Trump was, uh, involved in, um, WWE, I can't remember what it stands for, which I didn't even know existed. I don't know if you know about that, yeah. but like, I didn't even know that this thing existed. And so I don't know, it was just funny watching, watching him. The wrestling one where yeah. he, like, I think he, sl he slapped Vince, uh, Vince McMahon. Yeah, it was that one where they were <laughs> shaving, they were like threatening to shave his head. I just thought it was hilarious. And um that's interesting to me because i just had no what do you call it like he's had such a long public life like history in the public eye and i i was not really aware of that all i hear is all the the negative stuff and it's just interesting that someone could be 
in such a the, the a public spotlight for so long and then it's like everything before just vanishes and it's all about whatever the media currently wants to say about this person people hate this guy out of nowhere but like three years ago what do you think about donald trump and you'd be like oh like you know he's really rich or he's great at business or like oh he's like a billionaire playboy whatever you know and then now what do you think about donald trump it's like oh like he's the reason America is in the position it's in now, like stuff like that. Like they yeah. just, it's crazy. I wanted to ask you what you were passionate about, like the issues you were passionate about and sort of discuss them with you a bit. Um, I guess from looking at your channel that you cared a lot about uh, the second amendment and guns, the violence on the left or the hypocrisy of the left and um, immigration. That's that's just like a few things that popped out while I was looking at yep. you. Those are all, yeah, I, I care about all those things. I, I do like the constitution. So Whenever I think the left is infringing on certain elements of the Constitution or being inconsiderate with a bigger picture goal in mind, like, for example, the guns, like, you know, they, they say, oh, we don't want to take your guns. We don't want to take your guns. But in Australia, they did a great thing. And they don't even realize that, like, Australia had a mandatory buyback. So there are certain things when it comes to the Constitution that I really do uh, care a lot about. Um, free speech, especially. I think free speech is probably my number one. Um, just because. Like, we're seeing it happen in Europe uh, as well. Like, once social media and stuff and the language police start showing up and things head down that road, it really becomes a slippery slope and sends us in, I think, the country in an anti-American agenda into a bad, you know, not a, in a, in a direction that's not the best for our country. So I think it's kind of more about the Constitution, but, like, combating the left as, as much as we can. So I like to do that through Twitter and you know, calling people out. I think the hypocrisy is a good way to wake people in the middle up when you show them, you know, one of their idols doing something that they thought they never would do. It, it helps people realize that, you know, maybe we're more in the middle than we realize. Is there a reason why you chose to do interviews rather than say, um, maybe something like what I do or like what Ben Shapiro does, or you know, more like laying out your logical arguments and giving your opinion on topics. I get you already kind of explained to me why you started doing that, but why not do um, the more sit down, listen to me lay out the arguments for? I like that kind of stuff too, but I also think everyone in, I think there is a cultural war going on, and I think everyone kind of has their role. So we have like the, you know, the people that are masters at, um, you know, presenting facts. We have the people that are great debaters. We have the people that are great speech givers. Everyone kind of has their role. Um, so right now, my I guess my role would be more geared towards the entertainment side, but in a reality comedy way. So I like my role and like where I'm at on the street. It's like I, I feel like it's easy to produce. I can make a lot of this content. The protests are like right outside my door in downtown LA. So in the short term, I want to keep doing videos like this, and I'm trying to expand. Um, what I have done with other people. So I have like high school kids and people kind of all over the country with wooden spoon microphones going to the local protests in their area and doing something similar. So I kind of want to stay in my lane in a way until I'm ready to branch out just because I think there are so many people that are, you know, better debaters or better, you know, whatever it is that they're great at. And I kind of want to like, you know, do my thing really well, empower other people to do it too and then start expanding. And if I do want to do a channel kind of like yours, maybe I'll, you know, it'll take a few months to kind of get going, or maybe I bring someone else on board who's better at it than me and let them represent my channel in the 
one-on-one interview style or in the debate style, whatever it is. I just, I just really like the reality style comedy of just going in the street, just getting real reactions from real people in real time. Yeah, I think you're doing a, a great, a great job at it, and obviously you are. It's, it's not just my opinion because lots of people um, are fans of your work. Um, this is something I think that might be completely unrelated, but I did see that you had a second channel. It's called Alternative Crypto, and I was just wondering about that because I, I just started doing some work in that space, and I, I was wondering what was up with that other. Yeah, um, yeah, I do have another channel. That's a friend of mine who runs it, um, and. It's kind of the similar we just talked about. Like he is really smart with crypto, and he follows it every day. And I trust him all the way. So I do uh, own a bunch of crypto, and I have been following it. So I figured, like, I so this is like an industry I do care about. I want to be associated with it. So I kind of put his channel attached to mine, and like I hope to just kind of like do this with him because I think crypto, especially in the next few years, is because going to become more and more popular, and it kind of falls in line with the same counterculture type thing that the conservative movement has become so yeah i'm a big uh crypto buyer we've been getting smoked for the last few weeks but i think it's starting to come back now okay um well i started um sort of trying to produce content for this project called no not no 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 i am on steam it but um but i don't know the people i steam it but i am not when i say trying to produce content for i don't mean just using their platform i actually have been using steam it and dtube and i'm trying to like um, put my content in other places because YouTube is kind of starting to change its ways. Um, but no, but I meant like actually making content to market and to um, bring publicity to this project. And I'm just telling you now because I think uh, you should. Okay. Um, called Particle, which is a privacy coin, and you should just look into it. Um, I guess I'm. How much is, is it? Is it already? Is it tradable right now? It is. Uh, you can get it on Bitrex. It's right now. It's at about twelve dollars. I think it's. Oh, I forget. I think it's like eight. I don't want to tell you the wrong number, the market cap. You'll have to go and, and look it up. Um, and it's been around for a while. And I don't want to get too detailed into it. But you can go and look on. If you go to my channel, there's an, on my featured channels, there's a channel called Crypto Ramble. And you will see. You can find out cool. tons of information about it. Um, so I kind of wanted to get more into your political stance. But I guess you kind of say <laughs> say what it is without saying it. Um, just on your channel. Politically, yeah, I, I pretty much, I think you know all my political views at this point, right? I'll try and tell you what I get from what I've seen. Um, okay. You're pro-free speech. You don't like people being called um, whatever is the, the, the new term is of the day, because um, that's really annoying <laughs> and untrue. Um, um, you're against illegal immigration. Um you're against um, like hypocrisy in the media in terms of calling out, um, not calling out, say, like Antifa, for example, but calling out all right people, I would, I would guess. Um, uh, I don't know about, I guess, abortion or things like that. How do you feel about something like that, for example? Um, abortion, I guess this is maybe where I veer a little bit. But I think both sides are like, the left is like, we want to abort all the way up to the day before it's born. And the right's like, we don't want abortion at all. So I am, the more I've been getting involved in politics, the further towards pro-life I am, because I'm real. I'm seeing more than I realize. I, you know, I, I didn't know anything. I used to be pro-choice. I mean, and I'm like, yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. 
So I used to be pro-choice in college. I'm like, yeah, like that's no problem. People don't want to have a baby. You should have to have a baby. And the more I've been getting involved in politics and like waking up and realizing the more I'm heading towards pro-life and I'm pretty much all the way there. But I think if we're going to actually compromise and make, you know, take a stance on certain issues, if some one side saying you can abort all the way up to the day before it's born and the other side saying no abortion at all, we're never going to get anywhere. I think the 12 weeks that they do in Europe is like a good compromise. So I'm like, I'm on, I'm on that wave of like, let's keep it within three months and, you know, first trimester after that, it gets super sketchy. And I mean, I, I, I'm pro, I'm more pro-life now than I've ever been, but I, I would still say just to compromise and actually make something potentially happen. I would say, let's do what they do in Europe and keep it at 12 weeks. Yeah. I've actually never discussed abortion on my channel. So I don't think any of my viewers know what my thoughts are on it which are not that certain and I think I'm a bit like you in terms of whenever I had thought about it in the past I definitely was more pro-choice um however I'm also way way more leaning towards pro-life and I'm not sure so sure about the details in terms of when would be a good time to abort I kind of don't think there is a good time but um, I'm also of the opinion that it's up to people and they have to live with their conscience depending on what they want to do. Even though personally, I am like, there is a life that you are going to be taking away and it's not really yours. And I mean, very interesting thing is that I, I grew up in, in a very, very religious background, um, both within my actual home and then also just the country and like the school I went to. And they very much pressed the, the pro-life idea into you when I was when I was younger. However... It didn't really affect me then and I'm not sure what happened it's, it's like I was just thinking about it one day not that I'd never thought about it, about it before and before I had really always seen thought that I have if say if I were to get pregnant I have the choice because the body's attached to me like I am giving all the nutrients it's it's like my brain makes has a, like decision power over what's going on and then I don't know what happened. I was just thinking about it one day and it just clicked in my head. No, actually, this is a totally separate being that, that would be like in inside of me. And I don't know. Um, I, I'm actually not sure what happened. It was kind of like an epiphany for me. Um, and I would say it happened maybe within the last year. And I've never really spoken about it because I wasn't sure. And I'm definitely pro-life at this point. However... I just think that you don't force other people to pay for, for things you want to do. And you have to live with your conscience if you decide to take that life away. Yeah, I'm with you on that, too. Like, at a very basic level, I think the government should not be giving any money to Planned Parenthood at all. Yeah. They make plenty and they make a lot of money already. And they also give a lot of money, especially to the Democrats. So it's like, you know, let's make Planned Parenthood decide. If you're really not an abortion clinic, like you say you're not, then don't take the money and keep doing all your other services or, you know, admit to what's really going on there and how many they're doing a ton of abortions. It's kind of like, you know, there's no reason government money should be going to that. I agree with you on that as well. OK, um, I think <laughs> I was thinking of making a video when it arrived because it hasn't yet. But I bought myself like a pocket constitution. I thought you might you might like that because I, I have trouble remembering um, the amendments that aren't like first, second, thirteenth. Like it's hard for me to remember all of them. And I just thought it would. Well, I, well, it was a pocket constitution plus the um, the Bill of Rights. So 
that's quite exciting for me that I think a lot of people will love Harry. <laughs> that's very exciting. And you're you're carrying around a pocket constitution well, now. I don't know if I'll carry it around with me. I don't want to seem like like a you know like a go hard person. Um, but I do want to. It's funny because I I want to have it with me because I'm like in this country and like this is something that's so important. And people argue about this all the time. And um, it's good to know, you know, like what the, the, the historical basis for the society that you're living in is. Um, it's, it's such a strong part of um, what makes, in my opinion, I just had a conversation earlier with someone today who didn't think this, but in my opinion, it, it makes America what uh, makes America what it is today. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. And there's a reason that the country's done so well. Like this was a re- the Constitution is a really special thing. And it's a shame that we're seeing so many people, especially left-leaning and the younger people, that just don't even know about it, don't even know what their rights are and why, you know, why we've come so far, like what these rights actually do. You know, just to say, oh, get rid of the guns, repeal the Second Amendment. It's like you don't even know what that means in a bigger scale. I'm wondering, um, what do you think about 2018 elections coming up? The left thinks they have a blue wave coming the right, I don't know what we're, I don't know. It's like, it's tough to get a pulse in the people just because we're like the silent majority or whatever. But like, what, what do you think is going to happen in 2018 elections? That's actually a hard question. I, I think it's dependent on people like us and um, what happens in social media, you know, because of um, the curation that's happening in the, the, public square in quotations nowadays like twitter and youtube i think that has a big influence on the kind of information that gets out there that's apart from the mainstream media people criticizing or casting it in a in a doubtful light and it doesn't seem so authoritarian authoritative anymore i do think that we it's very in terms of the left's hold over academia (laughs) and universities and pumping out lots of young people who feel like they can say anything and get lots of support. Um, like, uh, what's that guy's name? David Hogg. Um, that's, that's a big liability um, and an asset for the left, just their control over popular culture. But I think they're right, Kutlin. I, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. I, I'm with you, too. I think it, a lot does have to do with whatever happens with the social media censoring. And obviously we had Zuckerberg this week um, with his testimony. And it's like the next few weeks when it comes to social media, will be, it will be important. Hopefully we can get this toxic algorithm down that limits the right and shuts people down and shuts the voices down. But the, the right is always more silent, though. So it's like you think, you know, the left's so loud, oh, they're coming out to vote. And the right seems like it's not as excited about it. But then when voting day comes, you know, hopefully the people will show up, which I think they will. Do you think there's any left-leaning um, candidates that would be a good presidential candidate for 2020? I don't know enough to say to say that. And I probably wouldn't be a fan of any anybody. Maybe Oprah. Oh, yeah. oh gosh. When I heard about that. Um, I think that's maybe one of their best bets. Or like The Rock, I think, is thinking about it. Oh, yes, I also heard about that. Um, I think they, I think they're terrible choices, but I think they might, they might be elected just because of how things are looking in the, the cultural landscape. The Rock, maybe not so much. I don't know much about his political views. Um, but I think that 
people in entertainment are used to pandering to their audiences and that's not what politics needs <laughs> so yeah um and then oprah i think that's just going to be an identity politics game it's just like who she represents and i guess she's a businesswoman and trump was a businessman um and i think it's very possible <laughs> that either of them could get elected especially oprah and i hope not um, it will be very entertaining if that happens. I'm not saying that this doesn't have real consequences, but it will be very entertaining. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree in terms of using all their cards. So um, I think I think that's it. We're at 43 minutes. Thanks for coming on and talking to me. I really enjoy your channel from what I've seen, and I hope that you're very successful in it and in expanding and doing what you're doing. Thank you. I wish the same for you. And I wanted to thank you for having me on. It was great to finally talk to you in person.